You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Very well. A lot better since the last time I spoke to you. I fought off the demons and I'm, I'm here, right. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. You're looking, uh, yeah, you're looking much better uh, this morning than last last time we chatted uh, during this on the pod. So that's that's nice to see. Oh, thanks, um, yeah, it's been a beautiful uh, super moon as well, which has been really nice. So kind of going on and going on in the in the background. So I had a really nice uh, view of that yesterday. Kind of um, making my way up to the city pretty early. So kind of you know it's pretty. Um, amazing when you have that kind of thing sitting sitting in the sky and then obviously this kind of uh yeah it's kind of like the backdrop of uh i don't know about you but i'm becoming like a little bit of like a like i don't know what it is like um kind of fills me with a bit of dread i guess like all the storms and stuff you kind of see you know kind of hitting hitting the states and stuff and you know everything's unprecedented you know never been seen before in kind of um observed history and you're just like oh <laughs> what it what actually is this you know kind of like all the heat maps of the ocean and stuff which i've become weirdly attuned to kind of actually you know and even here you know kind of off the coast of australia um our waters even in bass strait are 2.4 degrees warmer than their historical average so it's kind of um yeah so i've been thinking a little bit about uh about nature this week for sure and kind of uh what's what's going on with our uh, dear planet but what about you yeah, it's 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 pretty hard not to. I haven't been getting, haven't been getting as large as that, but it's hard not to um, get a bit a bit concerned about what's going on. And 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 as you see the moon, I my experience with the moon is I'm often getting my daughter to sleep. Like she's either getting really upset, so I go out and I say, "Let's go check out the moon." So it's a moment uh, for for awe inspiring. But yeah, getting on the on the news cycle and what's going on at statesides for our brothers and sisters. It's, uh, it's, it's sad to see, it's hard to see. And you can relate as an Australian, we've had it similar here for, mm. for some times. Um, and it feels like something's coming. You can feel that, that fear that the building of that and, and sort yeah. of the reshaping of industries around that and, and life and culture. But at the same time, I don't know, I'm a cynic at the same time because I feel Sunny keeps telling me, my daughter keeps telling me that uh, fish were here before dinosaurs. She just keeps saying that. She just keeps telling me that. And I'm like, that's an interesting thing you keep telling me. And I quite like that. Um, yeah, I like that, that too. Yeah. That, re- that reminder that um, life goes on regardless and that you don't really know what this thing is that's coming. Yes, we need to change things. But at the same time, you've also got a business model that's it's grabbed onto a word called unprecedented and it is ramming it down our throats nonstop. <laughs> and we are like chickens in a coop right now because we don't know what to do with it. And we know that the world can get upended and and we live in an attention economy and that that that's selling ads right now and everyone's glued to it. So I don't know, that's my read on it. And the other read is like it's you do your thing that you can with it as best you can, but it's one of those feelings at least when i really get deep on it is like what it's just what can i do right now to alleviate that versus like the slow burns of what you can do mm. um i don't know that's where i come out because i just I hate those feelings of uh feeling like a chicken in a in a yeah. coop and and someone's coming and you know it's sunday and 
Sunday morning. <laughs> Who's going for dinner this week? Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how I sort of address yeah, those, no, those I, well, I, think, I think it builds, builds out the observation, right? Is that I think a lot of what we're seeing is kind of like the words, the words are like, I always watch for language and image, right? Because language and image are ultimately what starts to shape around kind of how we experience this. And I think, you know, you're, you're spot on. There's become a whole kind of, um, I guess kind of uh, you know, like news cycle now um, that's built out of disaster because really weather sells, right? There's a there's a really great um, book that uh, you know a really average author and Michael Lewis <laughs> wrote. <laughs> Sorry, Michael, it's just kind of, <clears throat> um, but you know, kind of um, wrote on kind of what what goes on with kind of like weather and how weather has become kind of one of the things that actually kind of you can still sell kind of ads against you can still basically keep people on and it's one of the few things other than sport that people kind of actually tune into terrestrial or kind of cable cable tv there is no weather uh channel on netflix right so it's it's the kind of the one one area that's kind of kind of left and of course it's important etc but then you see images and it's kind of um you know it's it's like i guess kind of the you know, you can make lots of parallels for what's happened, like even with like, you know, like the sexualization of kind of, you know, um, kind of people in kind of culture and stuff like that. And kind of like the objectification, all of these things you see now, you're, you're seeing the same image sets, you know, in a in exactly the same formula being used around kind of like, it's almost like disaster porn. That's probably the wrong way to put it. But, you know, here's another poor person standing in front of, you know, five foot of water, not knowing what to do, you know, going, my house has just been completely taken taken out so is the whole street the whole neighborhood's gone and but you know the the thing that i worry more about is kind of like people like that community and kind of bringing it back to a lot of what we've been talking about is that those communities aren't they're not going to recover right because all the all the kind of things are, are stacked stacked against them like yes they might come back but when we've seen that here in places like liscombe and kind of up in the northern rivers etc or out here up in the up in the yarra for example you know where you kind of see like the community doesn't reform the way that it actually did and you know yes of course we need to become more resilient around all of this sort of stuff and all the kind of the you know go get your home depot plywood and all that sort of stuff that goes with these types of things but it's you know it's it's an interesting time isn't it because it's kind of it's quite um i don't know is it divisive isn't it you know and kind of how does how these things get reported and how the kind of the sense of like the physical community when it gets wiped out it's kind of like the they're hung together through a digital community and that's something you know when i watch these things i'm like all right now they're all connected via like a like a group chat kind of going through what's actually actually going on but yet the place that they kind of call home isn't isn't coming back the way that they the way that it used to so yeah and that's i think you're touching on something that's that's really hard and so unique for everyone who has to go through that from from what i've heard i've been fortunate that i haven't but the yeah. things that you hear from those communities who go through mass disaster is is heartbreak of like do you rebuild can you rebuild and now you've got insurers coming into the floor and saying like can you not what, what does that look like i think that's something that's going to change around what insurance is and it is going through that um and it's so hard on on the base layer of what that is for a human experience of, of trying to rebuild something and i couldn't imagine it um and there's beautiful moments in that, but fuck, there's some terrible moments in that, like that can come out of it. I've got stories in the back of the mind, some family in Black Saturday here in King Lake and just yeah. 
there's you get you get everything um yeah, yeah so i feel for everyone there it's really hard but yeah you're right around the news it's uh it's pretty brutal reporting when it comes to sort of what comes back as as uh as a viewer and and what you're pulled to um and the eyeballs where they rest and the sort of mechanics of of what's going on when you're searching through the news um and everyone's got that base underlying fear that that sammy's coming to the chicken coop and who's next like that is it feels like when you open the news browser yeah yeah no it's yeah it's it's um it's it's you know it's um it's got clothes and stuff now that go with it so it's kind of like the reporter's press tends to be different if it's a flood event versus a hurricane event versus a combo of the two or versus a wildfire right kind of how it's all actually actually reported and kind of what the backdrops actually actually are you know and i think that's the you know the the kind of the thing and it's you know you do sit back and you kind of um when you kind of overlay it against kind of i guess the how um you know, our world is now so digital in terms of kind of how things are actually distributed. Again, it's kind of, it's the, there's an agenda that's, I guess this is always there, but it's overlaid on how that's actually played back, depending on where you get your, get your news, get your news from. So that's, that's the other part about it as well is, but it does all look the same in terms of how it's actually, actually reported. Mm. Yeah. In terms of those images for sure. And, and the reality of it, like it, it's there, the base truth. And then, yeah, there's the agendas, the, 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 the shades that come back depending on what portal you look through as, as an outsider. I'm sure it feels so different as an insider experiencing that and then the pain and then anger, I'm sure at some of it. Um, and then, yeah, respect at other points where some of the story gets shared. But yeah, I don't know. That's a long winded, it's a good combo, I think, because everyone, Who's, who's opening that browser and looking at that is maybe feeling something a little bit similar at the moment. It's uh, yeah. it's hard. It's hard, and and I think we were taking this conversation around like what what community is. We we broke off and we were like communicorn and and what it feels like what a communicorn is is like is a weird, especially online it, and even in like even offline, it can often follow this like innovation it's like an innovation worm or like commercialization worm so communicons form or like there's an idea around something someone comes in and platform platforms it under the pretext that this is going to be great and everyone's going to be connected and then commerce comes in and puts a business model underneath that or figures it out voila facebook voila what just happened with tiktok and then and then the communicons pushed out again slowly and it's like well like that that vacuum and that's where this community concept came from of like where so social media where we have media but where's social gone like where's the community mm -hmm. gone and that's been our line of intrigue and it feels like that is going to be forever thus if yeah. if someone solves that story or solves that 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 community platform now supposedly in the next five years it, it, it'll be a bit like uh, the relics of the past <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And it's, you know, I guess there's kind of like the implicit thing that I've been thinking a lot about is that every community online, it's kind of like they're almost on board real estate, right? It's kind of that they're, the way that these communities are actually coalesced and built, there's a commercial owner be behind it. So, you know, really the, the only kind of, um, you know, it's like they're technically they're trespassing right so because it's they are the product like their communication is you know and they're kind of their their eyes 
and their um <clears throat> their hours are the product so that's what that's what kind of is being commercialized is really the the time that they spend that they spend there so time is kind of the the relative factor which is something like you know like galloway like scott galloway talks about a lot which i think is you know probably his main insight into business is that kind of like you know figuring out ways to save time or kind of um give time is kind of the stuff but the part that he doesn't fully elicit is that most tech businesses are in the business of actually kind of capturing time right and that's where the value actually comes from it is kind of the time that you actually spend on it so these communities although they might appear free you know around it is actually that there is a commercial um kind of you know i guess uh you know kind of um, dinosaur or kind of uh, t-rex or kind of um leopard pick your analogy hiding in the hiding in the grasses to kind of basically pop out and um and and kind of you know basically grab a hold of the value that's there and you know people have tried to kind of move like things like kind of like sub um reddit Substacks, Discord, kind of these these areas, but then even they're they're interesting in that kind of it's um they're more like sub like like they're almost like alt cultures. Eh? It's kind of like if the world was uh, Mad Max, they're the kind of people who are just the random kind of collection of people living out out in the desert doing stuff around a particular interest. But that's that's kind of that's the thing like that I've been thinking a lot about is like mass interests tend to go to mass places, right? Whereas kind of niche interests tend to stay in niche places. And so, but there's no way to scale niche, but they're probably the truest representation of community that, that you can actually find. Well, that's to your point last time we were having um, a yarn or a combo was that like, you can only have a sense of like community when it's quite small, like, and we were speaking about how you can have it similar brush but it's like i hate to say a bit like religion you know in a way like each church or each thing has its own take but they're shared under lord jesus our savior and the it's like what it is that you can't have mass cultural movement where it feels like um it feels like that where you're all part of something that's just it feels like it's above human condition to be like yeah that's yeah. the way it works and and you can see that play out in in the way democracies work and the way that the mechanics of trying to get people to vote here there or anywhere and then you see that with niche cultures online with uh reddit and and things like that i was having a conversation the other day but it's like you get magical moments in society or or mass culture where you have messy win the grand win the world cup where that brings everyone a, a shared moment of like or yeah. where you're like where, and it's a celebration, whereas you can have shared moments now with like natural disasters where you're in awe, but it's a lot easier to paint that with an agenda versus a celebration of, of greatness where it's, yeah. it has no, to be acknowledged right. for being great. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on, but like neither of those kind of like, there's no, there's no real community that trails it is there. So that's like kind of like the world, the world cup, like, you know, there's kind of like a lot of people were participate in fan forums and stuff and they'll talk around, around their team, but it's kind of like, they're not, unless they're a part of like a smaller subset of like a supporters club and stuff, you know, but even inside that, they're probably going to feel connected to four or five people that are kind of um, in that. And I think the, the kind of part of the tragedy, I think of what's going on at the moment is things like that are actually becoming commercialized. Right. So it's kind of, you know, if you look at, um, you know, like sports leagues, et cetera, you know, the kind of the, the rumor that like, even like the NBA, you know, is going to kind of try to jump ship, jump cable and kind of try to build something 
more in a kind of like a an Apple-esque or kind of mobile-based environment and then kind of free content going out. But then kind of the fan forums that go underneath all of that, like there's a real um, imperative now to commercialize those, right? Those th- That interest and attention, like, you know, if you were into a particular could be club, could be sport, could be hobby interest, because even you see this in surfing, right? It's kind of like, you know, like surfing forums, which I definitely suggest no one spend any great deal of time in. Um, however, like they're kind of there, you know, people are like, there's still a commercial imperative now, right? Those things are hosted on kind of sites that are actually basically ad supported, etc. So, you know, you're spending time there, but yet you're basically, you're being advertised to you, your your time is is the thing. It's not a true community um, around that because people's identities a little bit masks. There's no kind of thing, and then there's kind of you know there's ads all around it, which is, I think, what happens even if you start with the best of intentions. The model over time naturally curves towards commercialization in in digital, which is probably what we're uncovering through these conversations. Is that it, every which way we try kind of go well maybe it's that you always come back to this kind of this this fact that um time isn't free right yeah time be commercialized the whole card fact the whole cold fact of that and the one thing you just saying this saying what you were saying just then maybe (laughs) i'm just forever the optimist but i was like when whoever wins that and like takes it to the next commercial like communicorn and pushes out something like you feel there is room for that that one true innovator to start playing into that fractal economy say if it's the nba where they're like the writers the readers get a small portion like how do you incentivize that there's there's room for that commercial element to be distributed better than it is now and i feel like that's the education piece that's hopefully ai is bringing to mass mass society around like the time your time is earning someone money so what is that and what's what's the back play for you giving that other than passion like which sucks because you don't want to always put a, a monetary figure on passion so it's no. a it's a it's a tricky one but I, I still feel like it has to be better fairly distributed and then the incentive for that is is unique if you think about it as a um as fandom say for sports it's like then you have an interesting ecosystem of budding budding wannabe commentators or budding unique takes like and that spreads it and that leads into another question i think you're well placed to answer is like where do brands see in a space like that where it's like ip is different in terms of like breaking that up where it's where like you have control but then in a world like that it's like you've got to give some of that control back or like some people to not own it but feel have creative license but it has a whole it still has its identity i suppose yeah yeah like i mean i think a a lot of this stuff is going to be you know kind of like brands tend to be brands that are enduring tend to be very they're just they're very simplistic Mm -hmm. in terms of that they actually have a really quite powerful strong human-based positioning so they're kind of there's something that 
everyone believes in and they're great and they're linked to it intrinsically right so and they kind of they broadly people feel an affinity for that so you know like a brand like nike even though it's on the nose at the moment with apparel kind of sales you know tanking around around the world etc its core brand is really just based in kind of winning celebrations kind of athleticism and kind of you know and that's a you know i always think about brands through the like the lens of how um greek mythology it works right so like if you can think about a really kind of heroic kind of figure in greek mythology and think about it kind of in relation to your brand and you know certainly don't position on it like you know <laughs> like no one picks that up and is like oh this is like you know the achilles you know archetype something <laughs> shitty like that but it's kind of like what you're trying to link to is kind of human belief sets that everyone holds yeah. on to in a world of ai those things are going to become more and more powerful um you know around where they actually sit but they're kind of they're really tight and they've only got two or three kind of little attributes that sit around them but the the part that i think is really interesting for brands at the moment is like then the visual code play that is starting to happen with with your brand so if you're nike and that's your swoosh and you know i would say that like in ai generated images and you know they will i'm sure be monitoring this it's kind of like how many times is that played with and moved because it it's your symbol but it belongs to culture and that's the that's a really powerful thing for a brand to have um but it's kind of how then do you um allow that to kind of happen around it what are the guardrails for it so do you care how many times they take that and plaster it into different images probably not do you care if they start making shoes out of it yes if they manufacture them um no if they're kind of doing it in like new innovative ways right so kind of you know trying to you can see all like morphism and kind of all this stuff that's quite easy to do through um tools like midjourney um which is is interesting right and kind of like retakes on you know like classic nike ads through ai you know all that sort of stuff you can see already that they're starting to happen but i think for for brands the challenge is is that um you know you need mass audiences as well so that's you know that's the kind of enduring power of things particularly like sport um you know extreme stream weather you know that might be an interesting um sponsorship opportunity you know for like you know like it's i know it sounds a little bit weird but like for insurance companies um you know like as a, even in like a b-roll on youtube the other night i was watching it's like this budget direct commercial that is like literally a hur hurricane going through this neighborhood and it's like you know um it's so powerful it's pulling the, the savings but then like it's actually cut in with like an actual kind of hurricane update and i was like oh that's that's interesting <laughs> that that's kind of not their intention but that's kind of um it, there's weird synergy there that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect but um in short i think you know for brands it's it's that like if they're if if they have a really powerful idea and powerful symbols then this idea that people are going to now be able to play with those things is not as static things that are cut off from them that they have to look at rather than things they can incorporate and play with is only going to be more powerful and video games show you that right video games show you how brands can easily make this shift into this digital always on world for sure and you can and we're really speaking legacy brands there in terms of that they they almost have that godlike status in our minds whether we know that or not acknowledge it or not like as it's shared you can see it on the foot of of xyz it's it's universal it's known and then thinking about brand building in that space like and it's distributed how do you do that awareness piece and do you go with like what's your what's your edge against i suppose a a legacy brand and be being small. Able to be small and be, be niche right so that that's the 
that's the thing is that it's uh you know kind of the digital like the digital world i think is like you know the big are the biggest and they will only get bigger whereas you can't you can't play that game you know because you just don't have the dollars you don't have the inbuilt advantage you weren't there when it started but the only way to really kind of break through is to have something truly transformational right i mean if you look at like tesla as a as a car brand you know it's and even like um build your dreams the the chinese one that you kind of see everywhere like they're breaking through because they're electric right and they're kind of they've got new technology behind them so therefore they're changing the paradigm of what a car is so therefore they can build build through but they just focused on product. They just built product before they built anything else. And I think that's the the key part when you're building something that is, you know, from from scratch. It's kind of like the product needs to be right. You can't just take something that is nonsense and go out and market it. Well, you can't for a little while. You can't. Yeah, you're going to run out of steam, right? You're going to run out of steam. Like yeah. a good example of that is like craft beer, right? What craft beer is going through at the moment, right? How many flavors and how many brands of craft beer do we need before it all becomes meaningless in a pastiche? I think we're pretty much there, right? In terms of that it all, it's much of a muchness, right? So, yeah. you know, and it's the, the bloke head scratcher, you know, it's the classic, isn't it? The Friday afternoon head scratcher is you get a bunch of men standing in front of a fridge in a cold environment going, God, what am I? What am I gonna buy? Right, and it's that's that's kind of where that's kind of where we're at. It's like you know, crushed by infinite choice that is broadly you know doesn't have enough difference in it. There's not enough differential in the in the product, and there never was. So um, it's kind of more about now flavor, etc. But like, I'm just trying to make the point that yeah. like there's there isn't a craft beer that has really, really come through and kind of become the definitive craft beer. You can say that there's some, but really there hasn't been in that space because it's so saturated. Yeah, it's true. Coming back to beer, the, the products, very similar, the take and then the actual feeling, like you can't differentiate that too much. You've obviously no. got verticals with non-alcoholic and they're having a moment, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, that's it's well said. So, but it's it's hard to hear that. But it's also like it's true of the the legacy players that they got big from something new coming in. Yeah, totally. Like Nike yeah. wouldn't be the size it was if it didn't really kind of nail a couple things really really well, right? I mean, it kind of nailed running shoes and the running craze. Like it actually came from a genuine innovation, which was like the waffle the waffle shoe. Yeah. Um, so the, that's not Phil Knight. That was um, Bill Bowerman, University of Oregon, making kind of waffle shoes for his runners. That gave it the kind of the space to go in, and then they. Got it. they nailed basketball right so they kind of actually went into basketball with a cool shoe that was different and they put it on the right athlete which was the piece of fortune you know if you've ever watched um uh shoe yeah, they got, that's, they've got and now there's a whole industry of that yeah the, all those movies i mean it's literally you know that that's what made nike crossover you know was, was jordan yeah right so get from a running brand and an apparel brand and a jogging yeah. brand into sports brand so powerful yeah it's uh yeah everyone holds up night because they did it so well and continue to do it this whole industry now sneaker freak is that it just uh blow my mind whenever i tune into that i'm just like geez that's that's going on but um yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother side note but yeah you're right niching niching out but it still doesn't answer that question i think around yeah. like that how do you how do you like, do you hold a strong brand set and, like, do you let community own that? Or, like, uh, your community well, own I mean, that yeah, and, like, and repurpose yeah. that? It's 
but like you know you can take um you know like you can take your sneaker freak kind of example yeah. and you could easily say that kind of like that is a community around sneakers right it's a niche community where people bring them in but then the commercial model in that could be rather than trying to make more shoes it could be about fractional ownership of shoes right it could be about kind of how you know you like you might get to wear you know you might buy a community pair of shoes that you kind of get to to see where once type of thing right there's there's all of these layers that go across it but if you try to build the next nike yeah. forget it like that's that's the thing that kind of i think is is now implicit in this kind of the lens land that we actually live with the scale to get there it has to be some a transformational product or service that that does that yeah yeah or store it like yeah and if you're not sending out to say build the next nike you have an innovative idea whatever it is but the playbook feels like it's changed a little bit around that that yeah. how, how you spread the message and how you disseminate it and it, and it is through like fan base like if people feel ownership of it like nike then it has intrinsic value to them and then they obviously want to pass that on so it's yeah what that is people get pretty fanatical about brands they do they do yeah. but um yeah i suppose we've sort of killed the sausage around what's going on with the communicorn which is uh, <laughs> yeah, they probably they're probably not going to exist they're probably going to start they might be like a communicorn when they actually start but really what they're going to turn into is kind of a, a commercial corn and i yeah. think that's the, that's the thing that kind of when it pops when it pops yeah. the butter yeah. comes out yeah because yeah, it's you know it's all about gathering people's time and where they actually spend their time you know in terms of that's what you know um facebook and all really any kind of social platform did so well and that's also kind of you know what ultimately becomes their demise right is that you know like what you say all the time which is like in an attention economy time is the key thing like where your time goes and what you pay attention to is really really critical and you know that's the hours per day that are shifted have shifted from television to digital particularly in a social sense has been really what's driven those businesses forward and it's been a large transfer of advertising spend and wealth therefore wealth um across and then you know if you think about it through the lens of like product and stuff it's kind of you know you look at ai and you go is it actually going to create a new type of search probably not because it's it's really being incorporated into the existing search thing so it kind of like well that moment's maybe gone you know they're probably like you know a google maybe um you know maybe bing will be back who knows um but kind of these, these ideas, like, you know it just it's kind of it's going to be that way but because it's not a, it's it's transform it's a transformational technology in that it's um it's interesting but the application of it is kind of like i'm sure someone's going to have to think about that reset totally differently in the indexing to create something really really powerful and then that would become a really powerful brand but it's that it's that idea and that problem solve that needs to come first rather than trying to set up another search engine you know ai powered it's just going to lose to google yeah it's it, just because of how big google is and, and the power that it has but yeah it's yeah interesting the balloon popping around communicons but um there's definitely niche ones out there so hold on tight and yeah uh, enjoy the ride. if you've got a community you love online you're part of it and uh, keep it small Maybe that's yeah. the maybe that's the lesson out of all of this. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. keep it, keep your secret surf spots online and <laughs> offline secret. One hundred percent. On that note, Joey, um, it's as always, it's been great. Cool. All right. Cheers, Pat. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. 
subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.